0: Welcome to the Green Edge podcast with Michael Cross and me, Fraser Harper. This is our update for the week ending 17th of November, 2023. After writing this week's Green Edge post, we were left with two simple questions. First, what would the national schools curriculum for England look like with sustainability running through it like the lettering in Blackpool Rock? And second, what would it take to get that done? Michael, that would be a big job, wouldn't it?
1: It would. And I think people need to take one step back here and look at some of the figures that came out of a recent parliamentary select committee report, looking at just at technical education. And it looked at post-16. The investment in T-levels is running at £1 billion to get that into place. The proposed Merging and replacing of A levels and T levels, the budget that's been projected there is £600 million. The national curriculum change in Wales had an initial budget of £160 million, i.e., this is a big job if you're going to change curriculum. And if I just bring it down to one little example in West London, modern foreign languages are changing their curriculum as we go forward over the next few years. That will cost us in our 4 secondary schools about £400,000 investment. So to embed sustainability across the whole national curriculum and in every subject is a big task and will cost a lot of money and a lot of time and effort from a lot of very stretched teachers.
0: Big test for the triple bottom line, I think.
1: Yes, it just means a lot of homeworking and weekend working for teachers.
0: Homeworking or homework? Homework. Okay. Right. Well, one person we talked to for this week's post and we suspect a few others to come was Jamie Agambar. Jamie is a director of the Aldersgate Group and is also executive director of Students Organising for Sustainability at SOS UK. Now, SOS UK is an educational charity which was created by students and staff at the National Union of Students And one of its main aims is to get more students leading on and learning for sustainability. And this is one of the things that we heard from Jamie.
2: Our view is that it's the people who have got arguably the best education on paper that are doing the most damage to the planet, which leads us to believe that the education system is the root cause of societal unsustainability, because young people learn to recite knowledge, not apply it. They compete with their classmates rather than collaborate with them. You're taught things in deeply siloed ways, so there's no interrelationships. Sustainability doesn't really fit into anything. It's kind of lumped into geography, and people think this is just something for geographers. It's mostly problem-centered. It's not solution-centered. It's mostly rooted in the past. It's not actually thinking about the future. And of course, the further up the education system you go, the more it gets siloed. And then, of course, you pay for your education, tertiary and universities, and you leave with 60 grand of debt. Your universities are judged by how much you earn as a graduate, not the good that you do to the world. Conversely, though, universities are all exempt to charities. Charities exist to serve the benefit of the public, the public good. And actually, the way that we're educated most young people in our universities is creating problems, not solutions. Now, these young people are turning out as part of the problem. The way that we create economists and politicians and business leaders is so aligned with our economic systems, not our natural systems. This is why we're going in entirely the wrong direction on sustainability.
0: Michael, I have to say, I find it difficult to disagree with what Jamie's saying there.
1: I think we need to do a little bit of a history lesson here. Many of the principles that Jamie is talking about go back to a guy called John Dewey. John Dewey was a philosopher, thinker, educationalist and researcher in the United States, who was born in 1859. So he was writing at his peak at the turn of the last century. And he had four core principles, experiential learning, i.e. learning by doing, discussion, ideas, formulation, and developing multiple perspectives, interacting with your environment, and having interdisciplinarity, sorry, interdisciplinarity, and some continuity between all subjects. And those principles shine through very strongly in what Jamie told us. And also, if you look at more recent developments in this country, particularly at higher education, you can see it tracing back to the work of the open universities in the 60s, what's happened at the universities like Winchester, UCL, and the setting up of LIS. Those principles run through very strongly. We now find a clutch of universities at Russell Group Universities that are operating on the same principles for some degree
0: programmes. Michael, let's practice. Interdisciplinarity Interdisciplinarity I struggle with the word as well We talk about Bildung in the post And that's kind of an interdisciplinarity thing as well It's a holistic education, isn't it? It is Not to be confused with Bildung which is South African meat. Big difference. Anyway, a reminder that you can find this week's post with a hefty slice of that good old Germanic concept of bildung on greenedge.substack.com. And you can also find this podcast on all the major streaming platforms, including Apple, Google, and Amazon. Straight on to another conversation we had last week. This one is with Paul Aman. Paul is a policy officer in the employment and skills team for Liverpool City Region Combined Authority, and we posted on LCR all the way back in August 2022. Now, after we bumped into Paul a couple of times recently in online roundtables hosted by Ashton, Deloitte and AIMA, we took the opportunity to catch up with him and find out how the green skills landscape is progressing up there.
3: We are really keen to support the narrowing of gaps across the labour market in the green sector in Liverpool city region, and to enable employers in the city region to access a significant talent pool that they might not be tapping into at the minute. We've done some really interesting analysis of the green sectors pursuant to our twin 2040 goals of net zero carbon and net zero waste. We've analysed different elements of the green carbon side of things, where Uniquely in Liverpool city region, we've got a tidal power project under development. We have a high net program. We've got a significant offshore wind program, a very successful retrofit program taking place amongst social housing and other households across the city region. And of course, an EV manufacturer in the shape of Jaguar Land Rover and EV charging technologies being rolled out across Liverpool city region those different programs and different funding streams and different states of play within all of those, analyzed in great detail in the Green Jobs and Skills Plan, which allows us to layer on layer what happens if we get this program over the edge, what happens if we get the tidal power confirmed, what happens if we get high net rolling out properly, then we'll need this number of people with these skills, we'll need that number of people with other types of skills and knowledge, we'll need to look at a just transition delivery for people from traditional heating mechanisms to heat pumps, etc, etc. That's given us a really good global picture of the jobs and skills needs. And it also sets out the particularities for each different type of technology in a way that we can then work with our training providers to support them to deliver the workforce for the future, but also support the just transition for existing people into a net zero economy for the future.
0: Now, Michael, the title of our post on Liverpool City Region last year was Evolving a True Green and Just Regeneration. And they're taking it pretty seriously, aren't they?
1: They are. And if you trace it back to some of the work they did last year in their research, they had
0: a very comprehensive
1: green jobs and skills plan. And we see similar plans emerging from the southwest of England, from Manchester and the like. And these actually build the fundamental building stones of where they should focus and the real pillars of developing their green economy. I think one of the fascinating parts of where Liverpool have built a bridging system to allow people to enter and develop their careers through their LCR More platform. And it's seeking to involve citizens, those entering the workforce, those making decisions going between years 10 and 11 into years 12, 13 at school or into college. And it's a very active programme, which they're populating with as much data as they can to allow people to make truly informed decisions and see the careers for the future and do that in a balanced way because if you look at career choices of young people and the surveys that are being done green has a like but doesn't get a big mention and therefore the level of awareness and engagement is not great and we've seen that from surveys in this country of teachers of students in england students in scotland and elsewhere in the world and so i think there's an important piece of work there Done by Liverpool.
0: Okay, well, to finish this week's Green Edge podcast, let's hear from Paul Aman again. This time on Liverpool City Region's award-winning Be More online skills and careers portal. See you next time on the Green Edge.
3: Our LCR Be More platform is an award-winning program for providing careers education, information, advice, and guidance support for people who are entering the labour market, people who are in schools, people who are reskilling to enable them to understand what's the total amount of knowledge in a particular sector from a labour market perspective what are the vacancies, what are the apprenticeships, and help people access the job market. And if they're already in a job that might be in an industry that is seen as a dirty industry, a legacy industry, if you like, then how is it that we can support people through a just transition approach into the jobs of the future so that they too can contribute to the green outcomes that we're so desperately needing? And indeed, to support the entirety of our workforce and residential population to become more aware in terms of behaviours and practices to enable them to make their contributions which are just as valid and necessary to achieve our twin goals of net zero carbon and net zero waste by twenty fourteen.
0: Thank you for listening to this Green Edge podcast. This podcast series accompanies the Green Edge newsletter, to which you can subscribe at greenedge.substack.com. The Green Edge is produced by Blue Mirror Insights.